I'd like to invite you along the Camino with me. I'm Holly Brock, and welcome to the playful ponderings of my particular pilgrimage along the Camino de Santiago. In writing this story, How Jesus Saved Me Again, I pondered all of the ways that the very real person of Jesus cares enough to bring what I need, and also that what I need can look quite different in different situations. For those of you who have walked the Camino de Santiago, you will know exactly where this is set, because you, you can't really forget it. Enjoy How Jesus Saved Me Again. This story is called, How Jesus Saved Me Again. I opened my bag one evening and realized I had forgotten it in the last town. One must think pragmatically when walking along the Camino, what to bring, what to leave. It might sound strange to you then that I chose to bring a canvas board with an image of Jesus pasted on it. Was that essential? Well, no, and yes. This particular image of Jesus was painted by a young Russian girl fairly recently. It is beautiful, rich, and has an inherent ring of truth to it. But really, bring it on a pilgrimage? True, it was not essential, yet it was one of the most important things I did bring. Because when I look into the eyes of this image, it invites me to look with the eyes of my soul and gaze at Jesus. So yes, I carted that unessentially essential item with me on this walk. Well, I did until I didn't. I forgot to pack it one morning and did not realize it till that night when I had walked over hill and dale to a new town. I hope that someone somewhere is being blessed gazing into those deep, dark eyes of love. Eva Cassidy sings a hauntingly beautiful version of the song, Dark Eyed Molly. It begins with the phrase, deep and dark are my true love's eyes. This song isn't just describing her true love's eyes, though. It describes her looking into his eyes with true love. If our eyes are the windows to our souls, then the action of really looking with love into someone's eyes is pretty amazing. So as I hear this story, I picture my true love and looking with love into the beautiful eyes of my husband He's a teacher, a woodsman, and a farmer, and I treasure him. We share so very much and have made so very much together in this life. But the song invites me to picture someone else's eyes as well, the eyes of Jesus, those depicted on that canvas, which is now somewhere in northeastern Spain. It is only a painting, and those aren't the real-life eyes of Jesus, but there's a real experience of our souls when we allow ourselves to gaze at Jesus. When I gaze at him, the love I have for him begins to flow. And when he gazes back at me, well, I am subsumed by the immensity of his love flowing back into me. You might not have an image of Jesus like this one I have described, and it might sound foreign to you to try to gaze at Jesus. Yet what if he is gazing at you with love even now? I dare you to look. 
Richard Rohr says, Jesus engenders devotion in the soul. Devotion is more than just agreeing with a person or cause. I can agree with you that we should all drive on the correct side of the road, but it doesn't mean I get excited to see you or want you to come over for dinner or want to be involved in what you're doing. Devotion is something much richer, involving love, loyalty, and enthusiasm. I don't just agree with Jesus. I want to follow him. That's because he is the embodiment of truth and love. In him, right answers are out of love. And the gospel is truly good news. He saves us and then just might save us again. How Jesus saved me again. But first, let me set the stage where Jesus and I come from. Friends who had walked the Camino two years before had warned me about this day. This was the day headed into Burgos, where for an unbelievably and excruciatingly long way, the Camino literally skirts the length of the airport runway. Not the Camino's finest hour, except, just like as my mom says, it takes a bad day to know a good one. It takes a desolate section to remind one how thankful one is for the scenic sections. We did not talk much during that time. We both kept our heads down away from the relentless sun, willing our protesting bodies to keep going and hoping that around the next corner of the tarmac, we would see the end. In a commencement speech, Jim Carrey said that faith was stronger than hope. He said that where hope would walk through a fire to get to the other side, faith would leap over it. Well, try as I might to have the faith and leap over this section, it wouldn't have it. As we walked through this fire, or at least a really, really hot and desolate part, I wondered what wisdom Jim Carrey would have when faith doesn't quite work like that. Jesus didn't say much. He just kept walking. And eventually that was the wisdom that Jesus brought to bear on the circumstance. In true St. Francis style, he didn't need to use words. With every step, he was doing more than saying. He was demonstrating that sometimes there is only one way through, and that's through. The issue wasn't which was stronger, faith or hope. It was an issue of engaging which was truly called for in a given circumstance. I realized faith might win in a sprint, but hope is the thing for a marathon. And listening to Jesus' sighs every now and then, I wondered if his memory was being taken back to another moment in his life when he endured a trial much more fiery than this one, one that required not only his holy action of doing, but also asked for his loving passion when things were done to him. It was faith that had motivated his actions, but hope that had sustained his passion. How often was he reminded of other times in his life? I watched his feet trod on in front of me, longing to kneel down and wash them with the remaining water in my bottle. Who knew that that stark section of no shade, chain link fence on one side and construction debris on the other might be the most beautiful in my soul. Now we found the Camino transitioning into a lovely park, making a long promenade by the river. The desolate hours dimming quickly from our attention, Jesus gave me the see you in a little while sign, which I never liked, but deeply respected. And I watched him start up a conversation with the young boy who was riding his bike in the park. 
I walked a little further and down to a clearing by the river, took off my boots and socks, put my feet in that cool water, and let the delicious sensation of refreshment tingle up my spine. A wise and quirky woman once said that it's worth wearing hose all day for the moment when you take them off. Too true, I smiled and leaned back to soak in the moment. Something had developed in me the longer I walked the Camino. I began to call it the art of the pause, where I would intentionally choose to stop and stay somewhere for a while, which was exactly what I was doing now by this river outside of Burgos. The art of it is knowing when to stop, and the pause itself is significant in three ways. One, we have our own form of heliocentrism called egocentrism, which places us in the center of the virtual solar system of our experience. Part of the human condition is that we literally can only perceive from where we are, which means that everything is relative to where we are. So if I continue to walk, I perceive only what is perceivable at that pace. But here's what I noticed. If I paused, like literally stopped forward motion, I began to have eyes to see things I would have missed otherwise. Those things were there all along, but were imperceivable to me until I stopped. Like the line of tiny ants near me, the way a certain flower quivered ever so slightly, even though I hadn't felt a breeze, a piece of orange peel under the brush that a pilgrim who preceded me left, it made me wonder how many things I had not noticed along the way. And just to let you into my brain, I also wondered that if I was able to run five times as fast as I actually could, what would I notice then? I couldn't have eyes anywhere but on my face, but I could create new perception potential by how I moved through it. Cool. Secondly, another gift of the art of the pause is the expansion of moments. If you really engage it as an art, you receive it differently than a science. This has more significance than just letting more moments pass. It's not just a formula involving addition like two plus two plus two equals six. It engages exponential power where two to the exponent of three equals eight. So pausing at a vista or a nice bench or to read a plaque doesn't just mean you spend more minutes there. It means you give that place more time to reveal itself and for you to take it in. Three, if you pause, you allow people who are traveling behind you to catch up with you. Sometimes that experience was less than enjoyable, but often it would become a highlight of my day. This day, as I waited for Jesus, two very interesting people found me. The first was a strapping Italian who carried in his backpack the cremated remains of his dear friend. The report was that his friend had planned to walk the Camino, but died before he was able. So he was in essence making his friend's dream come true by walking his friend's remains to Santiago de Compostela. That's the stuff great movies are made from. The second appeared as I sat pondering what that must feel like. He was an elderly Spanish man who sang as he pushed his way through the vegetation on the opposite bank. Carefully, but still singing, he made his way into the water with his walking stick. When he noticed me, he gave a hearty wave. And, ah, the power of a smile. 
Although I meant it as an impersonal, general, innocuous affirmation of life, like, glad you're enjoying your life, I realized reluctantly that his mind had interpreted my smile as, hey, mister, I sure would enjoy your company, so please redirect yourself and forge across these rapids, almost getting swept off your feet more than once, giving me minor anxiety attacks every time, because I really, really, really want you to come sit with me, which is what he did. And that's the stuff great pilgrim dinner stories are made of. Since spoken language was not an option, we reverted to a much more basic form of getting across what we meant. Soon, I used the international language of putting my boots back on, standing and shouldering my pack to communicate that it was time to move on. But he responded with the international language of raising his eyebrows and offering his arm to me to communicate that our time together didn't, in fact, need to end. Have I mentioned that in so many ways, Jesus has impeccable timing? Because at that moment, which was threatening to get very awkward, Jesus came striding up with that grin on his face, saving the day and me again. (laughs) 